You are listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javet, a podcast that presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Here is your host. In this podcast, we cover everything from churches and church planting efforts, mission and missions organization evangelism, and unreached people groups, emerging movements and initiatives, justice, current events related to faith, and the persecuted church, too author interviews, and more. Let's get to it. Welcome back. Today we have with us Tony Morgan, the founder and lead strategist of the Unstuck Group. Tony, please introduce yourself to us and tell us a little about your family first. I love talking about family because I think that makes us human. People need to understand and hear that we are uh, working, but we also real human being with our families. So share a little bit about your family, brother. I always like to talk about that first anyway. So thank you. Uh, so my, um, actually, I met my wife when we were in middle school. We started dating when we were in high school and we got married right after college. And last year we celebrated our 30th anniversary and we have four kids. Uh, our oldest uh, is well, our older two actually both graduated from the University of Georgia and work closer to the city of Atlanta. And then on uh, the younger side, we have one child that is about ready to graduate from the university and another one still in high school. So I have a little bit of parenting to do as well. So, uh, but that's a little bit about my family. And as far as my ministry is concerned, uh, for many years, of course, I was pastoring in local churches in Indiana and South Carolina and then in Georgia as well. Um, But about 13 years ago, I launched what became the Unstuck Group. And in the time since then, we've had the opportunity now to serve over 500 churches, primarily in the U.S. and Canada, but also in other countries around the world. And then we're trying to provide content to help church leaders, to equip church leaders, to engage the mission that God's called them to. And my goodness, I think uh, last I looked, there were probably over 30,000 church leaders around the world that are engaging with our content. And so um, that's very encouraging to know that we can provide hopefully some helpful resources to church leaders around the world. And uh, boy, just encourage them and the mission that God's called them to. That's so cool. So earlier I was talking to this, um, another brother, and his idea was that he, he's been freely given, so he is giving freely. Um, so mm. how does it work with you guys uh, when it comes to um, these resources? I'm sure it costs you money uh, to yes. create those. So how do you guys uh, deal with that? Yeah. So the reality is all of our content distribution, really, it's all free. And so the content we're putting out through articles, through our podcast, through webinars, all of that, we're just giving giving away freely. Now, if people want to go back and access the archives, there are opportunities for them to get subscriptions to our site to do that. Um, And then primarily the way that I support my family and all of the families of the folks that are connected to the Unstuck group is through the on-site engagements that we have with churches. And so uh, because our content can't speak to a specific church, it's speaking to all church leaders we, if a church, a pastor wants help thinking about their mission, their ministry strategies, how they engage where God is taking their ministry into the future, 
Um, that's where we uh, offer services directly to those churches and have the opportunity not only to serve them, but that also helps fund the rest of our ministry. Fantastic. So uh, what I understand is, um, and I'm going to ask you to tell me more about your work and uh, give me an overview of the Unstuck group. And especially, I want to know sure. more about um, uh, what was the catalyst for you founding this uh, organization or how did it start? But Right now, because we're talking about uh, um, two different things, so twofold. One, your resources, are you translating those in different languages? Two, uh, what do you do with brothers and sisters who are not able to pay? Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, God only gave me one language, English, and so I'm, I'm not bilingual. I wish I was, uh, but I'm not. Um, and you can probably appreciate because our ministry is to other churches, other ministries, uh, we are very limited in our financial resources. And so in order for us to support the families that are engaged with the Unstuck group, we don't have unlimited resources to be investing in translation. I regret that. I know there have been some folks through the years that have taken our resources and they've gone through the work of translating that into other languages to benefit uh, either churches in their denominations in non-English speaking countries or for them for their own uh, personal development but more importantly for the development of people within their congregations and so i know others have taken taken that step and i wish i wish i had the resources to be able to translate all of the resources we're providing available but unfortunately we don't well i hope and pray that uh, those who are listening to this podcast and uh, uh, even your own path podcast may the lord uh, raise those folks because they're among us are those who are able to give and uh, i think uh, it's important to give to a ministry that creating such a important resource but uh, lack financial um, you know resource to put that in other languages that's my prayer for you brother that god may mm. continue to bless your ministry and raise those partners who can come along and help with that because i truly believe that content you guys are producing is is excellent even simple tweets that i see your tweets it just it brings such a joy and encourages me every time i read i said oh yeah that's right that's what i it's kind of like a it's kind of like a, you give us uh, even in your tweets you give us enough to think about mm -hmm. and uh, pray over and it's like every day uh, i think as pastors we need that encouragement and a reminder so thank you so much mm -hmm. but let me take you back and ask you um, about your ministry. So give us an overview of the Unstuck group. And what yeah. was the catalyst for you founding it? And how did it start? It actually started because um, through the years I had been, I had great opportunities to kind of share what was happening in the ministries that I was a part of personally. And um, that happened through initially some writing, but then some opportunities to provide uh, training and teaching to other church leaders. And as a result of that, I started to be contacted by pastors, primarily again here in the U.S. and Canada, who were seeking wisdom, seeking coaching and encouragement uh, for their ministries as well. And so, like I said, it was about 13 years ago, I, I stepped away from a full-time ministry in the church that I was serving and started what has become the Unstuck Group to be able to focus 100% of my time on equipping church leaders 
Um, and as a result of that, it's been it's been fun to see number one how God really is using many different leaders in many different ministry contexts to reach many different people for Jesus. And that was probably the initial awakening for me as far as the mission that God has me on is that there's not one right way to do healthy church. There are actually many ways that God's Hmm. using uh, for the church to live out the expression of uh, his mission that he's called us to. And as a result of that, it's been it's been fun for me to be able to engage in different contexts. So by that, uh, meaning some uh, urban churches, some suburban churches, some rural churches, some uh, some churches that are very home uh, communities are very homogeneous. Some churches that are very multi or communities that are very multicultural, and it's been encouraging for me to engage with these different churches and different communities and to discover together, we're all on the same mission, but to discover together, what are the unique strategies that we need to engage in order to connect with people in our community, present the gospel, and then eventually help them take their next steps towards Jesus. And so the process that we use at the Unstuck Group really it really follows that path where first we're helping churches understand their mission field. Where has God placed their church? Who are the people within their mission field that they're trying to reach? Then design a reach strategy to engage more of those people and help more people take some initial steps to connecting with the church and connecting with faith, and then help these churches develop a spiritual formation strategy to help them take their next steps towards Jesus. And then finally, uh, to make sure that the team, the ministry team, and sometimes that staff uh, leaders, and but most times, especially with the smaller churches that we're working with, it's primarily lay leaders, but helping the team align around a direction that they're sensing God's taking their ministry. And of course, that direction looks different for every church we serve. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so fun about the ministry that I get to engage is every day is different because every every ministry that we're working with is unique. And so uh, that's a little bit about the process that we engage at the Unstuck Group to help churches get unstuck. Yeah, I was actually, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you that uh, uh, walked me through the Unstuck uh, uh, process. And the part of the reason is on your website, there's a section church consulting. And uh, yes. I, I assume this is that process That's we're right. talking about? That's or- right. Here's, uh, here's what we're trying to do to help churches, because again, every church is unique, is we design what we do in our church consulting um, so that it's, it's, it's really right-sized to the size of the churches that we're working with. And yeah. What I'm proud of uh, in that is that we work with many, many small churches, churches of 100 people, as an example, and 
by the same token, we've worked with many, many large churches, some of the largest churches in the com- uh, in the whole c- uh, country. In fact, uh, in these last number of months, we've worked with one of the uh, largest United Methodist churches in the country. And so, and every, every size church in between. And so our services are designed, they're right sized for the different size churches. And then because of that, we're also able to right size the fees that we have to charge in order to be able to get our ministry consultants on site with the churches, helping them design their unique ministry strategies to reach their unique communities. Excellent. That's wonderful. Let me take you back. Earlier, you you started with um, um, that your ministry is involved with uh, many churches uh, in the United States and Canada. So how have the challenges churches are facing changed since the pandemic? That's a good question. And um, it's very obvious because we've worked with, in fact, during the pandemic, we've also worked with some churches in Australia and the UK as well. Uh, But again, primarily here in the US and Canada. And as you might appreciate, um, in those two countries, Uh, There are some significant distinctions about how the various communities have responded to the pandemic and some of the guidelines, safety guidelines and and restrictions that have been put in place. And that, of course, then has impacted churches in these different regions differently. Um, And so it's been fascinating We've not been able to, our team has not been able to travel to Canada, but we've probably worked with more Canadian churches during the pandemic than we did combined before the pandemic. Uh, it's all been virtual uh, for help, to help those churches go through the unstuck process. But there's no doubt um, that on the side of the pandemic, churches are realizing the mission is the same. It's the same mission that we've embraced for the last 2000 years. And honestly, there are components of our strategies that still work. And that's the maybe the encouragement um, I want pastors and church leaders to hear in this conversation is we don't have to be completely different churches, completely different ministries on this side of the pandemic. But what we're learning from the churches we've been serving during these last two years, and by the way, that's been about a couple hundred churches just in the last two years, what we're learning is there are some pretty important shifts that churches are recognizing they need to make. Now, with that, let me share this. Uh, Just this week, I was digging into the recent assessments that we've done with churches to help churches discern where they have health in their ministry and where there are some opportunities for them to take some next steps. And in doing that analysis, I started to to compare some of the distinctions between churches that are still in decline at this point in the pandemic and churches that are starting to see growth again. And it was interesting. There, There were some key differences between healthy, thriving, growing churches now at this point in the pandemic and churches that are still experiencing decline. Let me give you a couple examples here. Churches that are growing have less financial debt than declining churches. Hmm. In other words, it appears that growing churches somehow are being more efficient in how they're investing kingdom resources 
to reach new people. Let me give you another example. Growing churches are baptizing a higher percentage of people than declining churches. Now, they're also baptizing more people just because they're experiencing growth. But what I'm suggesting is it's actually a higher percentage of people connected to these churches. In other words, the growth isn't happening because these growing churches are only swapping Christians. A portion of the growth is coming from more new faith conversions. So that's pretty encouraging. But let me give you some of the key distinctives that I saw in the data when it comes to growing churches compared to declining churches. The first is this, growing churches are reaching more younger families than declining churches. So there's more intentionality about how they're designing everything they do in their ministry strategies to engage younger families. And it appears that with that focus on, if you will, being a multi-generational church that's focused on reaching the next generation, by doing that, they're experiencing growth as churches compared to those churches that are in, still in decline. Here's another one, and this one always shocks um, people when I share this because they would assume intuitively that it would be the opposite, but declining churches have significantly bigger staff teams than growing churches do, <laughs> and it, it, it is significant. <laughs> declining churches employ 50% 56% more full-time equivalent employees than growing churches. Now, ask me, why Why is that the case? Um, I have Why some is that the case, Tony? <laughs> I have some theories. I think part of it is because churches that are leaner when it comes to staffing, they are forced to give ministry away to the lay people in their churches, and they're forced to raise up lay leaders. They're forced to build volunteer teams to equip people to do the work of God. I mean, I mean it goes back to our call from Ephesians. And so when, when you have fewer staff people, it's, it's, it's either we give this ministry away to people in our church, we equip them to do God's work, or we're forced to pay more people, pay more staff people to actually do the ministry. And just that, just that discipline of continually trying to raise up lay leaders in our church and continuing to build volunteer teams, my sense is there's something in that that causes the church to be healthier. And it, it would actually confirm some of our previous research that indicates when when churches are focused on giving ministry away, the people that are actually doing the ministry, the volunteers, the lay people in our churches, they're more inclined to show up for worship on a more regular basis. They're more likely to invite their friends uh, to be a part of the church. They're more likely to give at a higher level than any other type of connection to our ministries. And it just appears that they're more invested in the mission that God's called our churches to be about. And so as a result of that, again, it's just, it blows my mind that this is the case, but declining churches actually have significantly bigger staff teams than growing churches. Wow, man, I bet <laughs> the bigger church is not going to like you <laughs> with the larger <laughs> staff. They're not going to invite you. <laughs> Those large churches are being scared a little bit, please, please don't be scared. Uh, reach out to Tony, <laughs> he'll work out. 
<laughs> we just need to modify things, right? It's all about yeah. understanding uh, where you can um, focus more. As uh, as you said, different there are different models uh, and different uh, way of doing things. So it's just to uh, bring an outsider a different perspective helps to navigate things uh, better. So I I I I just wanted to encourage those who are listening to this. Mm-hmm. All right, so brother. I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, uh, groups coming together like like yours, right? And they're talking about uh, pastor getting burned out over the past few years. What what mm-hmm. what are ways to help with that? Well, uh, I can certainly appreciate that. I mean, I think if we're all completely honest, as at, at different times throughout the last two years, because of that forced isolation that we've experienced, the the disruption that's happening in our day-to-day lives. I mean, for some people, obviously the direct impact of the pandemic through either illness or loss of a job or something along those lines, the, what we've experienced, it's, it's been very disruptive. There's no Mm. doubt about it. And certainly for, for churches, for pastors specifically, um, it's not just been the pandemic, but it's been the social issues that our country, rightly so, is beginning to have um, struggle around because we need to. We need to. We need to have conversation about these issues, mm. um, and then the political turmoil on top of that. Mm. There's just been a, a confluence of challenges that we've we've experienced at different times in our history. But all of those big challenges coming together at one time was certainly unique. And as a result of that, you're right. I've heard from many pastors that at some point in the last couple of years have really questioned, is this what I signed up for? Is this, is this, is this really what I intended to do right. when I answered God's call to pastor his church? And I think that's where we need to begin, honestly, is to go back to the call that God mm-hmm. placed on our lives. I mean, go back to that time when you sensed this is this is what God has for me. This is the mission he has for my life. We need to go back to that because at any, t- any point along the way, if we're just responding to our environment and the ups and downs and challenges in our environment, it's going to knock us off course. So we need, we need that, that foundation of our calling into ministry to be able to sustain us in those times when we're experiencing the turmoil the most. Right. Uh, so that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing I think is just, to, again, and I mentioned this earlier in passing, but just to remember, we're not having to pastor to lead completely different ministries, completely different churches. Our mission as a church, it's the same mission. We're still called to reach people with the good news. We're still called to baptize them. We're still called to teach and disciple them. None of that has changed. Um, the only thing that is changing, and it has changed all through all the centuries, is sometimes the, the strategies, the ministry strategies, the methodologies that we use have to evolve to be able to engage a continuously changing culture around us. And so, you know, just as an example, there was a time 
where electricity wasn't available to churches. And hmm. but at some point, as technology evolved, we recognized if we put electricity in our church buildings, it will allow us to expand our ministry reach in our communities and we'll be able to serve more people. And I think some folks um, in this current season have really struggled with the concept of being a hybrid church going forward in the future, because so much of what we've been doing as a church has been focused on what happens in our church buildings. And by the way, that ministry needs to continue. We can't, we can't walk away from corporate worship gatherings. We can't walk away from building community uh, within our physical spaces. We can't uh, walk away from the ongoing encouragement that we need from our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We, we, we can't walk away from that. That needs to continue. But by the same token, our society has moved to this place where in every other facet of our lives, we're both engaging in physical spaces and in digital spaces. And I think many pastors in these last couple of years, because at, at one point, of course, we were all forced to really have all of our ministry online. That was such a huge disruption for pastors and church leaders that they almost became paralyzed, thinking that we have to, again, be a completely type of different type of ministry for this new season of ministry. And that's just not the case. Right. The analogy I've offered, again, kind of talking about our buildings is I'm not an architect. I am not a building contractor, but in the past, I've been a part of building projects at my churches. And though I'm not an expert on how to design buildings, how to engineer buildings, and how to construct buildings, I am an expert on the ministry that needs to happen in those buildings. Hmm. And what I would encourage pastors to consider is that digital ministry, online ministry, is really not that different from building buildings. In other words, I don't know all the ins and outs of how to build a website how to leverage social media, how to do all those things that are happening right now and have been happening for many, many years online. But what I do know is how to do ministry. Amen. And so what that, what that means is, I think, uh, to help us overcome some of the burden that we're facing as pastors and ministry leaders right now is, yes, we probably do need to find the experts that help, can help us design and build the infrastructure that will allow us to minister to people online, including people that are in our churches, by the way. But we are still the experts when it comes to the ministry that needs to happen online. And so I hope that maybe gives some confidence, some encouragement mm -hmm. to the pastors that are listening that number one, we need to go back to our calling. Why is it that we're doing what we're doing? But secondly, to recognize we're, we are actually very good at, at ministering to the people God has in our lives. We just need to make sure that we're continuing to use the right language and the right methods for us to be able to continue to share the good news and to be able to continue to help people take their next steps toward Christ. That's very encouraging. And I, uh, and, and I hope 
if um, anybody's listening to this uh, podcast, uh, dealing with that, uh, someone who is listening to this podcast and dealing with uh, some some of these issues, uh, please seek out help. Seriously, um, if you that's, right. that's that's the best thing. Seek out, uh, reach out to somebody before it's too late, and um, that's that's important. So, uh, Tony, your recent blog post talks about developing an effective discipleship strategy and. Uh, um, it's on your, uh, of course, it's on your uh, website. And how often is it, it talks about how often churches get bogged down with lots of programs? Why is it that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, I think I, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that it's interesting. The churches that we engage with, again, it's almost counterintuitive, but the churches that we engage with that have many, many different ministry programs in their churches are actually seeing fewer people take their next steps towards Jesus. And what's fascinating is there's actually data now. There's re- research that's been done studying how people experience spiritual formation. And what the research shows is more church activity does not help more people, does not help people become more like Jesus. Uh, and so this is again. It's a bit. It's a bit counterintuitive because I think we all assume for us to be able to disciple more more people, we need to have more types of ministry programs in our churches. And the reality is, in the churches that are seeing some real momentum as far as their spiritual formation strategies, they're simpler. They're they're understandable. Um, and the next steps are pretty obvious for the people in their ministries. And those next steps, by the way, again, these are things that we all we we've all experienced in our personal spiritual formation, and we've probably been doing these things through the years. But just encouraging people to engage in corporate worship, whether that's on Sunday or at any other point during the week, but ha- experience that that corporate worship together where there's biblical teaching that's happening so that we're encouraging people to engage God's word and then making an easy, obvious step for people to connect with other believers so that they can develop relationship with other believers. And then to help people learn how God has gifted them to engage the mission with us. And so helping them figure out how can I use the gifts God has given me to continue to help the church reach more people and encourage more people to take their next steps toward Christ. And so it's not, it's not overly complicated, but I think we tend to overly complicate it by continuing to add all of these different ministry programs so that for the people that are in our churches, it, it over time becomes confusing on what their next step should be. But the bigger challenge we have found is when churches have too many ministry programs, those programs begin to compete with each other for people's time and attention and volunteers and leaders and money and space in the churches. And as a result of that, the church, it's almost like an internal competition that's happening rather than everybody being on the same mission to reach more people for Jesus and help people take steps towards Jesus. So um, what we have found working with hundreds and hundreds of churches 
is the churches that have a simple next step that they are offering people on a simple spiritual formation strategy, those churches are getting more traction when it comes to discipleship. So it's almost um, simple is what we're looking for, right? But that's what you're saying. We're we're not looking for complicated, confusing things. Yeah. yeah, it almost but and, you know. and again, this should be an encouragement, especially to smaller <laughs> churches that really you don't have to create all of the ministry Correct. programs that you see in other in larger churches, Correct. because in the end, that's going to make it more challenging for your ministry to accomplish the mission that God's given our church. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. And uh, I think our, we know another mutual uh, man of God, mutual friend, uh, uh, Tom. Tom Rayner, Simple Church. That's right. Um, I, I see his uh, tweets and I was like, you know, that that's it's so difficult for people to step away from or kill programs because you, especially those churches have been doing uh, 30 different things for 30 years. Um, that's right. And then yet it's not changing anything. If anything, they're seeing decline and it's so hard to even tell them like, no, you got to kill those. Like, okay, already we're declining and now we got to kill this too. Come on. And uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. All right, brothers. So multi-site church model. What's your take on that? Uh, well, my take is, and looking at the data, what we're seeing is that the churches that do multi-site right are growing. They're reaching more people. And here's the key thing. They're actually seeing more faith conversions than other churches. And so multi-site is still a fantastic way for a healthy church to reach more people for Jesus. What we also see is this, if it's an unhealthy church and they multi-site, they're actually exasperating. They're, they're getting, I don't know if this is a way, if this is the appropriate way to say it more unhealthy, faster. Yeah. And so it's, it's compounding the challenges that those ministries are experiencing. And so, again, multi-site is a great way to replicate the mission of a healthy, thriving church. But at the same point, if you're not a healthy ministry and you decide to go multi-site, it's going to compound the problems that your church is experiencing. Wow. So let's close with a joke. Tell me a joke, Tony. (laughs) <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to jokes. So I don't know if I have one to share with you. You are uh, a dad. Will... <laughs> Every dad got jokes, man. They're just like I'd... full of dad yeah, jokes. Yeah, but I'm not a, I'm not a dad uh, joke person. So <laughs> I will say, I think I have a sense of humor. Uh, mm. And you can be watching in the coming weeks. I wrote an article. It's, it's meant to encourage pastors. And I hope that's how it's received. But it does have some humor involved in it. So let me just tease that. Uh, be watching for an article uh, through our website that I hope will bring a smile to your face. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Tony. It was uh, great to have you. And um, thank and, you. Thank oh, you. absolutely. And thank you to all our listeners. If you appreciate this podcast, please be sure to leave an honest review wherever you listen to your podcast. Tune in next week for more honest discussions from diverse voices. You've been listening to Our Urban Voices with Dr. Alphonse Javed, which presents Christian narratives through diverse voices that impact urban ministry. Please check back for new episodes every week.